Hi, my name is Pasha Marlowe, and this is the Let Pleasure Be the Measure podcast. We are going to have so much fun together. I hope that our conversations about pleasure light you up. And I hope they inspire you to reclaim your desires and create more space in your day to bring pleasure into your work, your family life, and yes, even your sex life. We will practice and explore the art of pleasure together. Let's play. Hello, everybody. I'm Pasha Marlowe, and this is the Let Pleasure Be the Measure podcast. I am so excited to bring you today a fantastic personal and professional coach and a new friend, Lori Varsamnes, did I get that right? Who is from beautiful Sonoma, California. And if you're listening to this and you have a chance to watch it on YouTube, I highly recommend it because just your colors alone, I love this like mustard gold and turquoise. It just reminds me of sunsets and mountains and beauty of nature. So, so yes, I, you are exuding beauty inside and out. And I'm excited to have this conversation with you about midlife and adventure and pleasure. Welcome, Lori. Thank you, Pasha. It's so good to be here. I'm so excited to be on the show. I have long admired your, um, your, your advocacy of pleasure and laughter. I think we need more of that in midlife. Definitely. Yes. And so I've never asked anybody this. So how old are you? I'm 46, going to be 47 in a couple of months. Okay. Okay. So 47, I'm, I'm 50. So we're in, cause some people define midlife differently. That's why I just figured I'd ask. So do you define midlife as a certain age or anything? seen a couple of things I you know some people started at 38 some people started at 40 um, I've seen more people starting to find it at 45 to 65 I don't yeah. know it's like what resonates exactly exactly however you define it I guess it depends on how long we think we're gonna live right <laughs> <laughs> you know I was reading something um recently that a hundred years ago people that that life expectancy was 47 years old so the midlife crisis, as we know it, never happened. The hormones didn't change because our bodies were having babies and then we died. Wow. So it's kind of interesting. It is interesting. And it's funny because when I turned 50, I said, oh, I'm at midlife. I'm halfway there. And I was like, well, that's pretty optimistic. <laughs> but I'm just going to go with that. I'm going to go, with, I'm going to live longer because now I'm finally learning to laugh and access pleasure. So absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I was also reading too, that you really cognitively, you stay vibrant when you continue to step outside the box, when you continue learning new things. Like my father-in-law loves his crossword puzzles. And if you bump that up a notch and you're actually learning a new language or learning how to play an instrument that you stay vibrant longer. Yeah. And so this goes beyond neuroplasticity and our brains changing. It actually improves and extends our life. Yeah. That's cool. So what do you do to keep yourself learning new things and, and learning new skills? Well, COVID has really helped with that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I, you know, I, I taught myself Italian. I mean, not to say that I'm fluent, but like 
I, what's, the, what's the program called? The app? Uh, oh, Babbel? It's one of those. Okay. Um, but basically, uh, Duolingo. And it was just so much fun. It kind of get, kept me going. You know, it was something to remind me, ooh, it's time to learn today. Um, I've been doing a lot of reading on midlife during um, this time. And I just, you know, I, I like being outside a lot too. My husband's an adventure travel guide and has his own company. And so we were outside a lot. He's teaching me about plants and flowers and animals. And I love it. That sounds really cool an adventure travel guy like that sounds like a very pleasurable job does he it is it is and you know the sad part is he's like he's one of these people who god love him he's he's known his purpose since he was young and he's lived his purpose his whole life and the sad part is during covid when all travel has been shut down this is the first time that he hasn't get to Mm. be in his purpose so it's a really Mm. interesting time so he's had to pivot as well to mm-hmm. keep it interesting and adventurous um, within the confines of perhaps even your home, but definitely. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's always an interesting conversation too, uh, because I think partnerships and marriages are, are struggling right now because everyone deals with these uh, crises and changes and uncertainty in different ways. Do you feel like it's made your relationship stronger? going through this? It did. It really has, you know, the first couple months when he had to kind of cancel all of his tours and didn't know what was going to happen next. I had lost some contracts that I was working on because I've been doing marketing too. Um, I thought, well, shit, what are we going to do now? Um, We're driving each other a little bit batty. Um, We got really fat enjoying. He's a really good cook. And finally I was like, what are you going to do? (laughs) And, <laughs> but, you know, he found a job actually working with uh, the local utility company um, inspecting power lines okay. um, during COVID. So for him, he gets to be outside every day. Um, he's learning, he's seeing new plants, he's driving around and exploring. So he kind of gets his yayas out, even though it's not the dream job, right? Right. But that's fantastic that he finds a way to bring pleasure to his work. If he's working on power lines, he can look at plants. This is beautiful. I always think it's nice to find out how people sneak it in to their days. And so I should ask you before we go too far, how do you define pleasure? Oh gosh. Pleasure is living into your joy, whatever that is, whether it's learning. For me, it's, there's a lot in learning. Um, you know, it's also in cooking or enjoying a glass of wine or, you know, for me, I'm really, I'm, I'm such an extrovert. So being around people is kind of my pleasure. And um, that's been the best part about coaching too, especially during COVID. It's just like, you stay super connected with people and people light me up, yeah. um, new ideas light me up. New ideas and people. Cool. And so what does your coaching look like? Do you work only with women or only with midlife women? What's, who's your, who's your client? Well, it's mostly people in midlife, mostly women. Um, I do have um, some male clients. Um, I just signed on um, a client who's in her seventies. So, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to kind of get a cross section. Um, Midlife's my sweet spot because I think we're all kind of in a shared experience right now. Mm -hmm. Um, particularly during COVID, I think our 
our generation and our age group is really suffering the most because we're taking care of kids and maybe homeschooling. We might be taking care of sick parents. Maybe we've had to pivot. We've lost money at the, the peak of our career and now we're trying to, to juggle it all. So I, I really enjoy supporting our age group, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Do you call it the sandwich generation or do you? Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. I read about that. No, I'm, 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 I'm a Gen Xer. Yeah. Gen X. <laughs> I never consider myself a sandwich generation either, but when people say it's raising kids and, and also caring for, or being concerned about aging parents, I can, I can feel that. Um, yeah. because there's just worry everywhere, <laughs> like too many people to worry about at one time. And then of course we have to put ourselves on that list. And as midlife women, we might not be as practiced with putting ourselves on the top of our self-care, self-love list. Um, totally. Totally. Yeah. Is that some of the work that you do encouraging women to? Oh, for sure. You know, it's, it's, it's sad to me too, what kind of excuses um society makes to justify that behavior for women uh in particular you know like well you know it i don't really have time for those kind of things because um you know we're raising kids or you know i don't have time for that because my job it has me working till all hours of the night and um while i can appreciate the sense of responsibility there's a lot of bullshit in that that i'm done hearing about the busy culture the you know what we have in society, like, oh, you know, it's, we, we glorify being busy and I'm just, I'm over it. I'm so. Yes. yes. Last night, you'll appreciate this. Um, one of your fellow rock star sisters, Sandra <laughs> had me on and we were talking to a group of nurses. Now these nurses are working overnight shifts. They're working with COVID patients. They're seeing death and dying every day and some really challenging, gross things they were talking about. The funniest group of women. There was, a, there was a woman who just yesterday had a double mastectomy and she's joking about it and laughing and talking about the pleasure of having her sister living with her and taking care of her. And another woman is talking about the pleasure of her coffee or the pleasure of the shower at the end of a hard day. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, like it is possible to bring with the mindset of pleasure, possible to bring it into any situation. And how else would you survive um, totally. a, a job like this full of crises if you didn't have it? But yeah, it just made me realize that it's such a choice. It's such us. a choice. And, you know, I really feel like COVID in a lot of ways, if, you, if you're fortunate enough to not have lost somebody yeah. or been sick yourself um, or been devastated by unemployment, um, if you're fortunate for, if those things didn't happen to you, a lot of people are discovering their pleasure again. And they're saying, you know what, it's the simple pleasure of being at home with the kids or cooking or watching a program together, like 1940s style. It's like the family was like gathered around the radio. We yeah. haven't had that. Our generation hasn't had that. It's true. It's true. We really, it's, it's a blessing and it's been a challenge all at the same time. And so the idea of being an adventure advocate and learning new things and trying new things, what's your favorite, I guess, tool or technique in encouraging people in midlife to try something new? How do you, how do you start that dipping the toe in the water? Well, I think um, if you're scared to do it, 
that's kind of the barometer that you have to do it. So, you know, whether it's coming out of the closet or saying, I'm going to start my own business or I'm going to save up money and I'm going to take that big trip when COVID is over that I've always wanted to take and never did. It's when you feel the fear of the shouldn't, that's when you know. I love that. That's like, it's like when it's terrorizing, it's also thrilling. And it lights me up to be scared. Libby and I, a previous guest, were talking about that. Like we love job interviews. It's like terrifying. We're sweating and shaking. But there's also this kind of thrill of, I totally just pulled that out of my hat and, and made it through this interview. And I don't even want this job. I'm just enjoying this challenge. But that's thrilling. And so um, it sounds like you have this zest for adventure too. Do you take it to the more traditional like skydiving and bungee jumping? Is that your style? No, I mean, for me, I change careers. I move, I travel. Yeah. But I love the idea of that. I mean, I think one of the biggest moments of change in my life, when I was in my 20s, I was in a serious relationship and I thought it was, we were going to get married and it wasn't working out. And he, we went to an amusement park with some friends and we went on a roller coaster and I had, I was terrified of roller coasters. I was traumatized. I had been on as a kid. It all went bad, you know, it was more than I expected. So I went on one roller coaster. I went on the next roller coaster and we were gearing up, right? It was a little rickety thing. And then it was the, the medium sized thing. And by the end of the day, we were dangling from our shoulders with our shoes off, like flopping upside down. And, and I had the most, the juiciest, most thrilling dreams for two weeks after that. And I broke up with him fearlessly because I was like, I can do it. And when you do something scary like that, do you have a sense of what's next? What's the next scary thing? Okay. That you do? What's the next scary thing? How can I challenge myself? I mean, we all need pauses and breaks to integrate and have a life, but I feel like when we're living juicy, when we're lit, when we're forcing ourselves outside the box, we're, per, we're, we're maintaining the spirit of our youth and why we came here. Mm, yes. I love that we're, we're born curious and we're born seekers and then it's conditioned out of us. And so to be able to mindfully and bravely bring that curiosity and adventure back in is life-giving <laughs> yeah so what still scares you what's next I want to know oh my what's God. Lori gonna do next I don't know I've had a pretty big year um I'd say I don't know we're we're talking about moving um we live in an area where climate change has really been impactful and if that happens I don't know what um you know, my husband is an adventure travel guide and he's had to put down all the work this past year. So, you know, it's, do we resuscitate his business next year, which is, you know, a financial adventure and, you know, starting another company, you know, and after, you know, I've started my coaching practice too. Mm -hmm. So I think that's pretty much where we're going to stick for adventure right now, but I still want to learn more Italian. Okay. So learning Italian, have you been to Italy? I have. It's part of my heritage. Um, and uh, I've been fantasizing too. Like Joe Visser, who was on your show, I guess, she, um, she and I were talking about how there are these towns in Italy where they, they've had brain drain. All of the young people have moved out of town. There are these old, beautiful towns. 
and they're practically giving away these homes. Really? And if you want it, and they'll give you a work visa if you bring your own, if you're self-employed. So I'm like, you're like, I'm self-employed and want to help in Italy? That's fantastic. And, and in theory, your husband's job could be created over there. That's yeah, I mean, anything's possible. That's exciting. And you were in France for a while? Did you, yeah. live, you live in France for a while? Yeah, I lived in France on and off for four years. Um, when I, I was a bicycle tour guide when I graduated college and uh, lived in wine country and loved it. And then, and that actually is where I think I learned about pleasure, you know, coming from a family in New England where it was, you know, an immigrant family from New England, like we were duty focused. This is what you do. This is how you show appreciation in this country. This is, you know, I'm, I'm like second or third generation American. I'm not, but that ethic was instilled in the family. And so France was an eye opener because I thought, I mean, those people know how to live, mm. you know, a nice long lunch, mm. you know, a beautiful dinner, you know, getting excited about a, a bottle of wine and savoring it, not swigging mm. it, um, you know, taking six weeks vacation in the middle of the summer, just, I just said, I can't, I can't have a nine to five life. I did. I did. I went back. Um, so I was there for two years after graduation got involved in the wine business. So I was doing that for 10 years and then was working so much. I said, what the hell am I doing this for? And went back to France to do grad school and, you know, truthfully to take a break. Although I love learning more about French and French culture and um, yeah, had the time of my life and just said afterwards, I'm not, I'm not going to do the nine to five. I can't be doing the rat race anymore and went to teach at a school in New Mexico, uh, had some colossal failures along the way, got fired from a couple of jobs. Mm -hmm. um, and the jobs that got fired from were ones where I was trying to put myself in the box. Mm -hmm. It just didn't fit or feel right. And you yeah. were bigger. You, you were, it's not comfortable playing small when you have this adventurous, expansive <laughs> spirit. <laughs> Did you, did you read Untamed out of curiosity? I haven't read it yet. Is it amazing? Oh yeah. Well, it's, yeah, just, you'll like the idea of um, one of the very first chapter is she's watching a cheetah um, in its non-natural habitat feeling caged. And the whole, whole idea of being untamed is what you're already living is untaming yourself as a, as a woman and not confining yourself to a, a, a zoo cell or an office space or even in a marriage and you and I talked about prior to uh recording that you that you do not have children and that that is already redesigning your relationship and outside of the constructs of our society um and it also allowed you the opportunity to do all these adventures that you're that you're doing so that's exciting. Yes. Totally. You know, it's different. It's different when you're not, especially in midlife and you're kind of like, you don't, there are no kids involved. You don't have social constructs mm -hmm. um, available to you, like the network of friends. So it's a harder thing making new friends. Mm -hmm. um, and you feel a little guilty because you're watching some of your other friends go through hard stuff with parenting. Right. Um, but I mean, and I love kids. I love kids. Mm -hmm. but it is different. And it, you do get to, you do get to 
live live out loud a little bit more. Right, right. I'm, I'm sure you've had many parents say, oh, I just want a taste of that freedom <laughs> to go travel and learn Italian. It, it's, it feels sometimes overwhelming because you have your own to-do list, but then potentially the, the to-do lists of, of your children. And in my case, and probably several other folks who are in marriages, you also have the to-do list of your partner to keep, like, you have to keep them accountable to what they're agreeing totally, to do. Totally. So got to be in control and know what's going on and know when the doctor's appointments are and know what to get at the grocery store. Somebody needs to know. Yeah. <laughs> That's me. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's not even a free-for-all, right? Like it's not even a free-for-all if you do, like we were talking about this too. Um, even if you are without kids, you're still paying bills and doing sure. the yard work and have your hand in the toilet bowl cleaning it. It's not like it's so like so clean it you poop. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yes, right. It is. It is. The, the grass is not always greener or completely different. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you're going to potentially move and keep learning new languages. And is there something that you're just like, oh, and there's that thing, that one thing that just actually really does still terrify me that I can't even say out loud until I'm on a podcast with the world. Oh my listening. God. I don't know. I'm so I say, I'd say skydiving is on that list of things that I've been pushing off, but I mean, I've long craved to, to jump out of the plane. Ever since the roller coaster, I'm like, I bet I could skydive. Yeah, fun. Yeah. Well, and your husband's an adventure traveler. So is this like extra pressure to do adventurous things? I mean, oh gosh. you know, he's, he's in his fifties. So, you know, he's slowed down considerably. He does a lot of end-to-end travel. So he used to okay. be doing like a, like a, sea kayaking in Alaska and camping and setting up meals for people. Like, you know, now it's, it's a lot different. Um, yeah. So yeah, he's, his, we, we call them tiny adventures on weekends. Like we'll go right. out for an afternoon, have a big fat breakfast and, you know, take it easy. We're not that diehard. It's not <laughs> adrenaline junkie bungee cording off of suspension bridges in New Zealand kind of travel. <laughs> it's so funny. Even when you say camping, how, in my head, I think, I think I'm supposed to think that sounds fun, but it no longer does. Like I want a comfortable bed. I really like my, I have metal hips and neck. I need just, I need a cushion. I need a mattress. So like, I don't feel like, even though I have this huge adventurous spirit, I don't think I necessarily adventure well in the travel sense. Um, Cause yeah, it sounds kind of boring, but like, I just, I really used to have a good coffee in the morning and a comfortable bed and a warm. Oh, and speaking of pleasure, Pasha, like, that's how we do it. Like, I remember at one point we were car camping and which in and of itself is way less diehard for the adventure crew, right? Car camping. Car camping. Um, but I just finally said, like, are we done sleeping on the, the little tiny thing? Like, can, can we have like the big fat inflatable mattress, like our friends with the big fat six person tent? you know like what and so now we do the coffee we we do it you know in style uh there are no hair dryers or makeup involved but other than that we i think we we do we're pretty cush nice 
Yeah, and that's that's okay. (laughs) So when you work with women, what what kind of trends or themes are you seeing of the of the main limiting beliefs women hold on to in midlife? Gosh, um, that they need to be like wise about earning money. That they need to be you know, staying in the job where they've worked hard, right? And maybe some of them have touched the glass ceiling. Maybe some of them even broke through it, but the job isn't serving them anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not allowing them to have a life or be themselves. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, when I, I really love coaching women who are saying, you know, I want to step out of the corporate structure and have the food truck or, you know, start the restaurant or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, be an artist. I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's time for us in not only in our lives, but in this era that we're living in where we can't just stay in the box of rules, other people's rules for us anymore. No, no. And that's beyond patriarchy. It's all the, all the conditioning and all the rules, the unspoken rules, even generations and inherited rules and values that are passed along. Yeah. yeah, life is meant to be a, a feast. Yeah, it's not how I grew up. Um, so it's been, I almost had to wait until I was 50 to finally reclaim it because I was always this fear of not being accepted or being shamed or being, um, I don't know, ousted from my family. Like, what is, like, you make a living talking about pleasure, you know that's not going to work, right? <laughs> it's pretty much, pretty totally. much. And let's celebrate and let's celebrate. Like, can you just do the recap of what you just did on your video in midlife mischief and merriment? Like, let's talk about your adventure month. Holy cow. I think I did, for those that have no idea what we're talking about, I think the video was something along the lines of, I just realized that in the last month I sold my house, bought my house, produced the podcast, wrote and pu- or published the book, um, produced a comedy show, I'm just like, oh, sometimes I just, I expect so much of myself and can do all the things so that when I do them, I hardly take a moment to acknowledge or celebrate them, even though people tell me to celebrate them. It's just what I do. And so it was a moment of, oh, that was actually a big month. <laughs> that was actually well, and, the, and look at you when you're celebrating and your pleasure, you're glowing, right? Yeah. You are glowing. Yeah. So awesome. It's fun. I tell people often that this is the the glowiest or the well wellest I've felt, and paradoxically, coming from the world of fitness, the least fit I've ever been in terms of the physical sense. I don't hardly exercise anymore because I'm so busy doing fun things like podcasting. I'm physically larger than I've ever been, um, and I don't seem to care. And I still eat pleasurable foods like chocolate every day. Um, yeah. And my kid is sick. So like, who am I to be feeling better than ever? But it's because I am fiercely and bravely choosing to find adventure and pleasure and laughter and connection. Like I could not do this without sisterhood and meeting people like you who get it and celebrate it and acknowledge it and remind me that I'm doing doing good things. Yeah. And you're also doing good things for your kids too, because they want to see their mom happy. There's Mm -hmm. nothing sadder than watching your parents suffer and, you know, be browbeaten by their work to provide. And 
what a, what a gift you're giving them. Thank you. Do you know that quote, the, the greatest burden for a child is the unlived life of a parent? Oh, yeah, it's, I could see that. I could see that, you know, um, and I keep that in mind all the time. I keep it in mind. Yeah, it's important for moms, especially to hear that. And because uh, the sacrificial mother is, <laughs> it runs deep. It runs it deep. deep. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Yes. You're, I mean, it just sounds like so much fun. And to be a client of yours, like what does a session look like? Oh gosh. Um, yeah, not, not too different than, you know, other coaching experiences. We use, I use a lot of the same tricks, but I do, um, I do love my clients fiercely. And so sometimes I'll even cry in a session with them. Mm. Um, I really, I, I, I push the buttons a little bit too, because I want, I, when I see the fear, I, I want to acknowledge it out loud and I want to talk about it. And it's hard. It's hard going there for some people because of the conditioning, you know, I've been lucky enough to make choices that have been largely resonant with, with what I've wanted out of life. It's taken me a longer time to find my purpose. Mm. Um, but when I see people struggling with, um, with self-doubt and with not feeling good enough. And that's when I'm like, wait a second, what about the big dream? I'm sorry, I'm gonna bring you back to the big dream. You told me you wanted to start a company. Why aren't you starting the company? You call them out on it. I call them out. It's so good. Yeah, having somebody like you uh, is invaluable because you need somebody to remind you of those big dreams and to say, let's circle back to that. Cause that could actually work. That's possible. I it sounds, it sounds crazy to you right now, but uh, can't you see it for other, when I'm, when I'm witnessing clients and they say what I'd really like to do and fill in the blank, I'm already there. I could see yes. it because they want it, but the, because we aren't holding on to all the, the limiting beliefs that they're holding on to and shame around it. Um, and so it's fascinating how easy it is to see another woman's brilliance, another woman's radiance and, and possibility. And so in sisterhood, we continue to mirror that for each other. And when you're with a coach like you, you can continue to reflect that back to your clients to remind them when they forget, which is every day. <laughs> yeah, we all need sisterhood for that, for yeah. sure. And what I really love about the coaching relationship is that it's really um a creative relationship between two equals. And, you know, I love the idea. Um, if you haven't coached before, um, if some of your listeners haven't been coached before, it's, you know, it's very much an interruption constant. We call it intruding in coaching. And um, it can be uncomfortable for some people because they're like, wait a second, I'm here to tell my story. I'm like, no, 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 you're not paying me to listen to your long story about the person who pissed you off today. We're going to talk about what, what this is really about for you and what this is triggering and how we can push you to that next step because that little story that you're telling yourself is going to be done by the end of this session so let's just move on shall we I love it I love it and and as a therapist when I was a therapist I couldn't do that you know the the constructs of therapy were that you you actually did have to hear the story and figure out why and now I'm just like you just like okay Yes, the trauma did happen. And now, what do you want to do? Like, what do you want your life to look like? Let's let's work towards that. We're not ignoring it or avoiding it. Right. We're well, honoring it. Bring up for you, right? Right. 
and but we're not staying in it, right? So I, I love it. I love it. I think I think coaching is life saving. Um, and so if I were to and I want to see a coach like you who takes women from their traditional lives to thinking outside the box and adventuring and pleasuring, how would I reach you? Uh, on my website, Lori Varsamis Coaching, or it's LoriVarsamis.com. So it's L-O-R-I-V-A-R-S-A-M-E-S.com. You can set up a free, a free 30-minute um, chemistry call to see if we're a good fit. And we can take it from there. Sky's the limit. Awesome. And I will, of course, post the show notes. So if somebody didn't catch the spelling or the website, I will absolutely post that. Um, and we can link to if you are on Facebook or Instagram or all the things on it. So yes, thank you, Lori. This has been a juicy, fun conversation. Thank you so much, Pasha. I so appreciate being here with the queen of pleasure and laughter. What, what a treat, what a treat, really. I am, I'm so flattered to be on the show and I look forward to future conversations. Thank you so much. It is my pleasure and honor. I would love to continue this conversation with any of you all out there. Please feel free to reach out to me. My website is PashaMarlow.com. My email is Pasha at PashaMarlow.com and Facebook and Instagram is Pasha Marlow. Easy, easy. Um, and I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching as well as group coaching. The Roar with Laughter program is an eight-week program that ends in a live comedy performance. So talk about doing something scary and thrilling and that's, yes, if you're like, that sounds scary, then listen to Lori, because that means that's exactly what you're supposed to do is be a stand-up comedian this year. Next year, be an author. The year after that, be a skydiver. Do the things. Do the things, everybody. Don't, don't wait. And uh, if you need support or inspiration or motivation and accountability, then reach out to, to Lori or I. Yay. So thank you, um, thank you. and We'll see everybody soon. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Pasha.